Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully. He's Gordon Mack. It's Wednesday, April 6th on the pod. Gordon up bright and early after a busy night editing the much-anticipated NC State women's distance workout. Gordon, good morning. How are you? Doing good. I uh, My arm hurts from editing. I don't edit a workout with a broken shoulder suggestion, but it's fine. I got through it. We're good. We're on to a new day. Today's thir- today's Wednesday. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm screwing up my days. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for the weekend. We have a, some fun track meets coming up this weekend. We got great content on the site. Like you said, the workout Wednesday is now live on YouTube and on our homepage. It actually was live on our homepage at like 1 a.m. last night. So if you were up mm. late, you got a chance to see it. Uh, but yeah, we filmed uh, the NC State women, Caitlin Tui and company. Um, it's actually two workouts. The first mm-hmm. half is a workout with Marley Starlipper, Hannah Steelman, and uh, Maria Hallett. They do like kind of a threshold workout. And then Caitlin Tui, Kelsey Camille, Savannah Shaw, and everyone else does a, a, a different workout. The main workout was five by 800, and then two by. 400, 200, 200. So, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. They um, they all run well. Caitlin and a few others do an ex- one extra rep because they weren't racing that week when we filmed this. Mm-hmm. This was filmed in basically mid-February because Tui didn't run until ACC's that, in, mm-hmm. during the indoor season. So she ran a few a little longer in the workout because she wasn't race day. This was filmed... Mm-hmm. The week before their DMR is when it was filmed. Yeah, Valentine's Day, wasn't it? Or the, yeah. this was the day after Valentine's Day, I guess. It was a Tuesday. Um, I, and a little behind the scenes here. As this workout was going on, Gordon walked by me. We were both there. And he goes, she's going to get second in both the three and the five at NCAAs. Trust me. I was like, what? Turned out to be right. So you learn a lot of stuff on these, on these yeah, trips. Exactly. It's a good workout, and, though. A lot of fast people involved, and it was a yeah. solid session. It's also just cool seeing like a group run well together. Like it wasn't just like Caitlin Tui by herself, and then everyone else. Like it was a group of five women at a time, three at the end, all running together, which is good. I mean, it makes sense. They won the national championship in cross country for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but it's just cool seeing it wasn't an individual workout. It was definitely a, a team effort. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, all joking aside, you definitely could, if you didn't know this was the NCAA Cross Country Champions, you could say, all right, yeah, that makes sense. Just looking at the the depth of their pack and the strength of their pack and just how they were just clicking off those eights or that earlier group, how how quickly they were clicking off those uh, those 12. So fun workout. Hope people enjoy it on the site. We got more workout Wednesdays to come. And they're going to be running at Penn Relays at the end of the, the month too. So we'll get to see. We don't know who's running what, but We'll get to see them at Penn Relays against um, you know, the Arkansas, BYU's, and many others. Yeah, I'm excited to see them, whether they do the 4x8, DMR, 4x15. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be exciting. Especially you you know, feel- BYU, with BYU there in Arkansas, it's going to be a good at least three-way battle there in most of those distance races. Yeah. Did you feel any pressure editing this one? Not because you're broken shoulder, but because people were on you 
from moment one once they figured out we were going to Raleigh. Like, when's the yeah, workout? People thought, when's the workout? How's it going? I mean, people, when I broke my shoulder, they were concerned not with my shoulder, but with this workout. I was like, I had no idea that, no idea the, uh, responsibility i had on my on my plate with editing a, a simple workout i've i've edited so many workout wednesdays but this was the one of all workouts mm -hmm. that had the most hype beforehand it's like it's just a workout guys it's gonna be okay it's just one workout so. it's real life so what's what's left here still i mean we got the arkansas ones which are pretty much already done so you don't need to worry about that we got a byu feature we have an Ole miss distance workout as well too we have north carolina a t coming in may which maybe you'll be healed by then and then we have aaron marsh the the duke heptathlete multi-event star coming up in that's may as well along with unc so you don't have that many left to do i do have a lot there's a lot okay never mind you do i was trying to make you feel better you have a lot of no, work okay. to do <laughs> in fact i have footage being delivered to me this afternoon by my colleague brian to start editing one of the Arkansas men workouts. So, oh, you'll breeze through that one. That was that was easy. That was straightforward. Indoor track, Got boom, it. boom. Yeah, boom. I shot some of it, so that's perfect footage. Just slot that in there. Um, do you want to talk about the pickup contest? We're going to wait on that until Friday. Or do you want to mention it? Well, we can mention it, but we don't have the uh, the code yet for you guys to enter. But we can tell you what the questions are going to be, or what we think they're going to be. I'll just tell you what the questions are going to be. It's basically going to be who's going to win the men's 100, who's going to win the women's 100 at the USATF Bermuda Games this weekend on Saturday. Um, it's a stacked field. We're going to break down the fields later on in this pod. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a very simple question. Who will win the race? And uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people to choose from, right? Obviously, you have Ronnie Baker's yeah. in the mix. I think... Uh, Noah Lyles is there, a few others. So it's going to be an interesting um, crew of characters to choose between for this uh, yeah. upcoming meet in the Bermuda. Have you ever been to the Caribbean and Bermuda area? I have not been to Bermuda, no. Have you? Apparently, apparently it's like just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Florida. Apparently it's very close to Florida. That's what I heard. Absolutely. You would think it's like in some time. exotic location, like in the middle of nowhere, like Fiji. But Bermuda is actually, you can like swim there. Maybe you can't swim there. Oh, you can't but. swim. Flight time, it's three hours in the air from Miami. Okay, yeah, you can't, you can't swim. That's a long, Bermuda. that's a Ulamar Rojas hop, skip, and a jump away, or a Christian Taylor hop, skip, and a jump away. That's not a ordinary person's hop, skip, and a jump away. Three hours is still, still pretty it's far. far. What there is a yeah. isn't there a country though that's really close to Florida they can swim to? I thought there was. There's a lot of countries that are close to Florida. I think those are farther in you know south in the Caribbean. Bermuda's oh. Bermuda's pretty far east. Oh, okay, that's my geography. Yeah. I, I don't know if we can if you want to pull it up on a map, but it's pretty pretty far out there. You're you're thinking of like the Bahamas, I think. Could it be that you're thinking of the Bahamas? Thinking. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just my brain is all mush because I didn't get much sleep last night. That's probably what it is. So. And you're short on shirts. You told us that on Monday. You're short on I shirts. Am, yeah, this is I'm I'm this is my shirt. I'm wearing uh throwback, the flow track. Remember this meet? The flow track throwdown. We did it like mm -hmm. in 2016. Mm -hmm. Has the old logo, the old flow logo. 
funny story about this shirt. They made two versions. They made the shirt. Obviously, it's a large, but mm-hmm. when they were passing them out, they gave me Ryan Fenton's shirt, and Ryan was wearing like a smaller medium, and I put it on, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What is going on? I couldn't fit inside the shirt." And it turned out I was yeah. wearing Ryan Fenton's shirt the whole time. And then halfway through For the night, we realized we're wearing we realized we're wearing each other's shirts because he, he was kind of like drowning in his shirt, so we had to switch shirts <laughs> mid meet. That's terrific. That's terrific. You brought up the Bermuda games. We're going to get to that. Later on, we'll do a preview of what to watch there. We'll also talk about some scratches at the Boston Marathon, a thing Mo running at the Penn Relays. But first, update on a story from Monday. We talked about Elias Garcia, the Mount Sac sprinter, who competed last weekend. His time got reported out as a 9.88, although no times were listed on the official meet website. We were waiting to see, hey, is this going to get picked up by World Athletics? Is it going to get picked up by any other statistics service? And World Athletics, as of yesterday, has him leading the men's 100 with 9.88. Um, direct Athletics, TFIRS, still has it listed as a no time. The meet itself has marks for a lot of events. It didn't used to have any events, but it has a lot of events, but not in the 100 or 110 hurdles. Those are still blank. Um, so I was a bit surprised to see this get added in. Now, here's the good news. I think he's running this weekend. So we're going to figure out pretty quickly what the situation is um, with this athlete. Again, important to reiterate, not his fault. He just ran as fast as he could, and that's what was reported. So, hey, you take the PB when you can get it, and if you can be a world leader, why not? My question to you, Gordon, what time? would he need to run this weekend that would cause you the most confusion at this point? Because if he runs a 10-4, okay, it's settled. If he goes and runs another 9-8, we're like, oh my gosh, we need, this, is, this is a guy. This guy's, guy's a world championship threat. But what to you would be in the gray area where you're still scratching your head about how quick he is? I, would, I know this might sound high, but in my mind it makes sense. But if you run sub 10-10, if you would run like 10.08 or 10.09, win legal, I would be like, maybe it was real. Because mm-hmm. typically the best sprinters in the world who run go on to run 9.8s and 9.7s and 9.6s, early in the year, they run 10.0 something. You know, like they, you look back at a lot of like those Florida early season meets that some of the top sprinters are running, they're all running 10.0 three 10.08 as a season opener before they start getting into their sub 10 form a few months later. So if you were to run 10.08 or 10.09, even though it's not that fast comparatively to his 9.88, it would give you pause because you'd be like, well, that is a time that typically elite runners run at this time of the year. And, you know, it would make you... Yeah, but in this case, he would have already run the elite time. I get what you're saying as an opener, but then you're asking him to go back in time and run a, a yeah. time that's two tenths slower. How yeah. would that line up? It just lines up in my head. That's how it lines up. <laughs> but if he's that's already how. run the 988, how do you go backwards and run a 1008 and be like, yep, that makes sense. He'll eventually get down to 988. Apparently he's already been down to 988 already. Yeah, my number well, you is- know, he could have had a bad start or something like that. I just think okay. that his baseline needs to be sub 1010. Like if he goes out and runs 102, 
then you know that it was all a Fugazi. I mean, we know it's a Fugazi, but if he runs 10-2, you're like, all right, that's he's a 10-2, 10-1 guy. He's already run 10-16. That's what I'm saying. We He's already that. run 10-16, so that doesn't yeah. – like a 10-0 something wouldn't – I would need something closer to – I'd need a sub-10. Basically, I would need a sub-10. Or some sort of weird situation where if he's into some insane headwind, it, you do a conversion and it works in that way. What do you anticipate he's going to run? I think he's going to run like 10, 18. Mm-hmm. And then what, do you think he thinks? What, is, what does World Athletics do? Well, eventually they're going to take away the result. That's what World Athletics is going to do. They're going to be like, oops, pretend you guys didn't see that. World Athletics can just pull it. Like, oh, yeah, well, that wasn't real. Sorry about Surprise that. I was checking the website. It, I, it I, I think that he didn't. I think the main question is, one, first of all, we should try to get him on the pod. That would be fun, especially if he goes out and runs fast. But two, does I he think you. he's a 988? Does he think he's a 988 guy? Like, is that what he – like, does he go to yeah, bed? Does he have dinner with his family? Or with a significant mm-hmm. other being like, you know, I'm a 988 runner. I'm the fastest man in the world. Man, I'd be screenshotting like, it all day long. I guess has he tweeted? Has he Instagram that he's the fastest man in the world? Let's find his Instagram. Let's do a little look. First of all, those of you look at those it. you listening, not watching. Gordon is going to talk. He has a great Instagram, Instagram profile. Right oh wow! So look at this person. He's, he's calling out the haters. When you run fast, people always question and criticize. Keep running it back enough to shut them up. Ooh. Mm. Been there, done right. that, true. So he's, he, uh, he's, I mean, if you look at his Instagram story, there's a lot of dashes at the top. So he's definitely been going through the internet mm-hmm. and seeing what's going on. So he, he's, he's, dashes correspond to how fast you ran that weekend. If you have a ton yeah. of dashes, I can tell you how fast you ran. You have barely any dashes. You ran bad. DNF, DNS, something like that. Wait. So. Is he going pro? That's what this says. Did he just turn pro? Probably, is, that a, is that an April Fool's thing? I don't know what's going on. I don't on think anymore. so. It's from 16 hours ago. He went pro. Holy crap. I don't know. I don't... Did he go pro? I think he Not went sure. pro, maybe. I mean. I'm reading these. Maybe we'll just never know. He's maybe just gonna retire in the sunset and be like, "I'm forever the fastest man in the world. I'm pro now." Not a bad, not a bad move. Not a bad move, in my opinion. End on top. That's the way to do it. I'm not sure. Might be pro now. I'm not sure. I hadn't heard anything. The person I talked to who had some information about uh, what was going on over there was that he was gonna run this weekend. So we'll see. I think this is real. Uh, I think he's going pro. He's forfeiting his JUCO eligibility and will be turning pro. Congrats. More details to follow. Well, congrats to him then. All right. So, hey, maybe that's a reason to think the 988 might be legit. Man, this is, he's the most interesting athlete right now in the, in the month of April of track and field of all time. Like if you had to take a power ranking of yeah, April yeah. Uh, impact performances in the history of April, yeah, he's definitely up there. That and Michael well, Mormon's like 43 second at Mount Sac. Yeah. This is building all sorts of anticipation for, for Saturday. If he runs on Saturday, it's going to be must-see. People are going to be just refreshing that results page. I think he's running at Azusa, but the Mount Sac schedule has them in another meet. 
but what I had heard was Azusa. I'm assuming there's a meet at Azusa, but uh, that's what I heard his next next scheduled competition would be. Um, there's a schedule. Travis is just doing <laughs> a lot of work here, pulling up all this info. Is there anything? Yeah, Jim Bush Legends meet. That's I don't know if that's Azusa. I, I mean, no, at the very least, I think that's go, UCLA. That, that's UCLA. Yeah, I think at the very least he's going to be at uh, Mount Sac, obviously. Mount Sac relays. Well, if he's on Mount Sac and he runs a relay, you can hide, you can hide the split again. So, I think he's going to run. Dude, he has a great tw- dude. I'm learning so much about this guy in real time. Great Instagram handle, Lil Too Smooth. It's great Instagram. Mm-hmm. All right, so keep an eye I, on it. I'm kind of leaning on maybe it's real. I'm not going to lie. I, I woke up this morning with 100% belief that there was a fraudulent world leader on our books right now. But now, 17 minutes into this podcast, that thought is kind of fading a bit. And maybe the 90 so, days is real. On. All because of hold his on. Instagram what? stories of him going pro and talking shit on people who are doubting him. And you know, that, I, I want to be on his side. It's fun. It's fun to just live in the in the la la fairy tale land that the nine eighty eight is real. Because how cool would that be if it is real? How crazy would yeah. it be that a random kid from Mount Sac Junior College, who mm-hmm. you know from Las Vegas, Nevada, your hometown, Kevin, and like yep, yep. all this, and like everyone has doubt on it. The internet's kind of saying it's not real. He had these weird false starts in his outdoor sixties. What if the whole story turned out to be real? It would just be great. And oh, he does the performance on April incredible. Fools. It's great. It's great. Plot twist. Next race, he goes nine seven eight. Then what do we do? Then what happens? No, the real plot twist is nine, he does eight, nine seven eight. Baseline. He does nine seven eight, but like you can clearly tell he false started, and you can clearly tell they stopped the clock early. But we just continue to go along with the grift. We're like, no, it was nine seven eight, and he's just like. He's in cahoots with all the timers and forever everyone just knows it's not real, but no one will say it. And then we're just like, yeah. I don't know. So, I don't know. Yeah. Let's track. You figured World Athletics out. is calling him a 988 runner right now. So well, until that changes, I guess we have to believe him, right? Well, and that's where if I was him, if I were his coach, I'd be like, yeah, the governing body of this sport says it's legit, is legit. Don't argue with me. Go look at the website. It's right there. Once it got no, once it got put up there, everything changed with how the time is perceived. Now again, they might change it later on, but they didn't have it at first and now they do. So David says the real proof that the 988 is suspect is all others in the race improved an average of 0.22 on their entry times, all of them. What are the odds? The odds aren't was it exactly good. I did see that. I, I did see that. that. Was it everybody that had point? Two? I saw the first couple. Was it literally every single person was an improvement of point two two? Because yeah, then you're talking about. I don't even know what they would be. One in. A, I know it's just sometimes it's fun to believe the lie. That's all I'm saying. It's fun to believe the lie. I don't. I don't think we should call it an. I don't think we should call it a lie. I think we should call it an error. An error. Okay, it's fun to believe the error. Yeah. No one's like lying here. It's just the time got reported as best they could. Once it gets out, people start repeating it. And then you have the governing body in the world putting a stamp of approval on it. But I don't think there was any nefarious intent here in terms of, of what happened with the time. 
Do you You're think right. the time April storylines? This is up there. This is a great early April situation that we have. Do you think? Uh, okay, so he signed with an agent. This is this yeah. is with yeah. Okay, this is yeah. Legit. That's what We're I was putting saying. A picture up right now, pro, where he signed with an agent. Here's the thing. So that <laughs> if he gets a pro contract purely on a made up time, that is that is the ultimate. You know, not grift, but. It's the ultimate, like, hey, get what you can moment. I don't know. It's just kind of hilarious. If he's able to parlay a, a fraudulent 100-meter time into a, a contract, that's pretty badass. Hey, get your money. Okay, man. so everything Take wasn't – I'm looking, the money I'm looking at the comments here. It says the minimum improvement was 0.16. Average was 0.22. So not everybody was exactly 0.22. That would have been, obviously, unbelievable that point um okay well you know what maybe so do you think i mean how much does this is a silly question but is the 988 i mean 988 is the thing that gets you the contract because i don't think a 10-1 is getting you a yeah, contract no yeah of course not unless you know this contract could be kind of a a fake contract similar to the time where it's like Oh yeah, we'll give you some shoes and a and a and a t-shirt and now you're a pro. You know, there's a lot of those contracts out there that aren't legitimately pro contracts. So maybe this pro contract is, you know, 0.22% less than what Or maybe it it's pending. <laughs> maybe it's pending, maybe yeah. maybe there's a clause in it, right? A clause in it that says, "Hey, this is the first step and then if you go under 99 again or under 10 seconds again, then I'm just envisioning the again. Good, good for him. Get a contract, get paid to run. That's awesome. That's a dream come true. Go for it. But I'm just imagining this scenario where this weekend he runs ten two. Then what happens? Okay, how about this? What if he runs ten two, but he beat Ronnie Baker in the race? Well, yeah, that's legit. That's obviously yeah. legit. But Ronnie Baker could be also in cahoots to like yo. I'll show no, up. I'll lose to there's you. There's not this many conspiracies going on. There's, there's not this many conspiracies going on. I think Occam's razor here tells us that there was some sort of error with the time. But again, once Ward Athletic says it's legit, people are going to start believing it. You know, well, again, not taking anything wrong. away from him. Well, I'm not taking anything away from him. Obviously, you know, even 10-1, legit talent. It's just that big of a jump you don't see. All right, let's move on. What do we got next? You want to talk about? Oh, a thing, Mo. Hold on a second. Before we do that, Travis just sent us something. Oh, right, you want to read this, Gordon? Yeah. Well, it's a long paragraph, so hopefully you didn't put any uh, statements I should – I'll regret saying. But he said, since they didn't use an actual timing <laughs> company – since they didn't use an actual timing company, it was just done by the school. His guess is that they had an error at the hundreds and the hurdles, basically the straightaways. And they had to go to hand timing for those races and then likely had people on the watches who don't know how to do that correctly and started to watch when they saw the athlete move instead of smoke from the gun starter's gun, which aligns with the video evidence. So basically saying they handed out popsicle sticks at the end of the finish line and like, all right, you got first, you got second. It's cross country style. Well, what it was. but my question is, doesn't, I wonder what, what athletics does or I wonder what the people you know, even agents out there who are curious, like, do they ask those sort of questions? Like, do they call, 
the timing company? Do they follow up? Do they say, hey, why aren't these times listed on your site? Is any, does any of that take place? That's what I would want to know. Yeah. Because I think it would be, imagine if he runs like, like 10.01, 10.05, like the rest of the year and consistently. Like that's yeah. a good runner. That would be like someone yeah. who yeah. should should like be making USAs and stuff like that. But then you're like, all right. But he has a 988 on his resume, which is the fastest time in the world. I don't know. We're talking well, about right. this. Right, and that's service. what I – No, no, but, but I think that's a good point because in track, small amounts of time are a big deal. So this is what I talked about this week in track. You're basically talking about the difference between – if you go 988 to 1016, you're talking about solid Juco runner versus a guy who could medal global championships yeah that's what you're talking about because if you're running 988 in april that's not the same as 988 in june right so all right let's keep it rolling here thing mo what else is running pen relays she's running pen relays gordon i can't think of a runner currently better suited for the 600 than a thing mo she's great in the eight 155 she's great in the four 49 she ran a really good 600. It was almost like her coming out party in 2019. Indoor U.S. champs, that 600. She goes 123, beats Raven Rogers. That's when you knew, okay, she's going to be good. She's going to be good in college. And as a pro, she's going to line up outdoors, run a 600. Caster Semenya has the world record in this event, 121.7. Ajay Wilson is number two. She's running the 122s. I think for sure... Mo can go under 122. I think number two all time is a good bet. And if she's in really good shape, I think she can break that world record. Her 800 time is a little bit behind Semenya's, but her 400 meter time is better than Semenya's. And I think there's just a lot more there with a thing Mo. Like I think a thing Mo's 800 eventually is going to get into the 154s, which isn't saying much because she's already run 155 low. That's not a crazy prediction so i'm excited to see her in this 600 meter distance because it is a uh, it's a perfect distance for her i believe ajay wilson is also entered in this race we'll get the full fields later on next week but thing mo uh for the first time competing at pen relays at the end of april yeah i and we talk about world record i i think she's the type of person who could just shatter it i, I don't even think i mean caster mm -hmm. semenya is one of the all-time greats but I think Mo, I feel like we're, we don't even know what her true ceiling is. And I, mm -hmm. I swear, I think she could break 120 in her career. I think she could run sub 121, 119 something in a 600. Um, Whoa. I think the question is, what type of fitness level are you at at this moment in a season, right? End of April. Yeah. While it is April, it is the end of April and, you know, like yeah. one or two weeks later is the first Diamond League. So it's not that early in the season. Um, I think there's a chance she could be super fit. You know, we just don't know. She didn't really do much indoors. She kind of was like, you know, playing track distance a little focused bit indoors, indoors, doing distance stuff. So, but we don't know. There's probably been some, some good workouts she's been putting down over the past month or so. And uh, I think... I think we might get something. I don't think we're going to get, I'm just happy to be here race. 
I'm just here to get mm-hmm. my feet wet race. I think she's going to run something quick. I think she will 100% be top two. I think she'll be Ajay Wilson's time. And I think she'll be legitimately chasing Caster Semenya's time. Yeah. Whether she gets yeah, it, I don't know. A- and I think the only reason she doesn't get it will be purely based off of the time of the year and not based off of her ability. It'll only be six weeks until USA's at that point. She said she was going to focus more on speed outdoors because indoors she ran those mile races. So we saw at the Texas Relays, she ran a 4 by 4 leg, split a 50. I think she's going to come at it from the speed side of things, which is why I think she's running something shorter distance. Obviously, you know, Penn is having a 600 too, so that makes sense. Grew up in in New Jersey. I think it's cool that she's finally getting to run this meet. But yeah, if you... <laughs> It doesn't get any more suited for the 600 than a thing mo. Just it doesn't. Like there's not a. I mean, you, you could go back to like Juan Terena, who obviously won gold in the four and the eight, or Krasilikova four and the eight. But in this current era, right now, it's Semenya. You could even go back on Rudisha. He ran some some quick quarters, but relative to the competition, his quarter was not nearly as good as a thing mo. His quarter is. She's the best in the world in the 800. She's one of the best in the world. In the, in the 400, if she just focused on the 400, I think she could medal at that event. So putting her in the six, right in that sweet spot. Yeah. Thomas Lester asked, what's up with all these odd distance events at Penn Relays? 300 for Felix, 600 for a thing, Mo. You know, I mean, we get these odd events a lot in indoor. And a lot of times the reason why top athletes love running off events is because they don't like showing their cards of their fitness in the actual events that they do. It's why sprinters are all doing relay splits right now. You know, they're all doing the four by ones and four by fours, but not doing open. There's just something yeah. about top athletes mentality. I mean, not, I, I, know, though, I think it serves a purpose like a division three athlete in college. I, I enjoyed not running my actual event until as late as possible in the season because you kind of didn't want to know your actual fitness until that actual moment. So you kind of like, all right, let's do some relay splits. Let's do some off events to see just, you know, to kind of trick your brain into thinking, oh, I'll show my final, my final form when it matters most. You know, I think it's, for it's a though, it makes a ton of sense. It t- makes a ton of sense for her from a preparation standpoint, because it's smack dab in the middle of these two events sure. that she's great at. We think she's going to focus on the eight and not four, but she's legitimately awesome in both of those events. I think also too, I mean, Penry is about the relays. So some of these individual events are going to be off events. Chance to chase all-time marks too, because when you go to, um, you get into the, the Diamond League season, you have plenty of opportunities to run, you know, the, the traditional Oh, we lost schedule. Kevin. So, excited to see her at, at uh He was at, about to say, uh, Kevin, we're losing you. The looks like the office Wi-Fi over there at the old office isn't as... Or is it my Wi-Fi? I'm back, yeah. Did you hear all that, Gordon? No. Okay, so the thing mo really good. Got it. Was it next was subject? It. Yeah, next subject. So I, mean, I heard what you said, and it was it was good. Um, 
you want to talk about Bermuda now or Boston Marathon scratches? Let's talk about Boston scratches a bit. Sarah Hall. Land, land with Bermuda. S- scratched. Uh, Kenesa Bekele scratched. Start first with Hall. She runs a lot. She races a lot. This is going to happen. We saw her at Tokyo. She's running the World Championships in Eugene. She said she wants to make sure she's 100% for that race. I don't think anybody's going to get upset at Sarah Hall having to go from four marathons a year down to three or seven race appearances down to six or five when you sign up for as many races as she does. These sorts of things can happen. So not entirely surprised. The field is still really strong, both overall with two of the big three running, but also on the American side when you have Seidel and and Linden in there as well. So still going to have solid American representation if you're looking at it from that perspective and a chance for Hall to get right by the time the world championships roll around. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of rare to see Sarah Hall scratch because she, like she, she runs a lot. I think though, we need to start having the conversation about the Kayla. I've been having this conversation for years. Yeah. Is it over? It's over, right? It's done. As what? As a as a guy who can contend for a major in a hard field, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. But we're That's, but we're but he's gonna be like I'm running London in in the fall, and we're all gonna get excited about it again. Yes. Well, you might. Like, when will we stop getting excited about Bekele? Never, because he's we remember him from the track, and we remember him from running two hundred one forty one and almost breaking. Kipchoge's record, but there was never a rivalry between him and Kipchoge in the marathon. That one London race, he DNF'd in, or he DNS the day night before, and then Kipchoge had the worst marathon of his career. They've Kipchoge is the undisputed greatest men's marathoner of all time. You could talk about okay when you include the five and the ten, where does he stack up? Yeah, Bekele. What's the David Monte had that great stat, and it was a couple marathons ago about. Bekele's completion rate in marathons. How many he actually completes versus how many he doesn't even start, and then how many he starts but doesn't finish. And it was what, 50%, basically? I would love to know, do you think Bekele has a stipulation in his contract where he's able to say, hey, you can say I'm running at your meet for like a 10% athlete fee, and then, but I'm going to scratch. As you just like a... Fake promo six months yeah. out. Like, is he, is Boston Marathon in on, in on the game of like, hey, let's just say Bekele's coming. We know he's going to scratch, but it gets a little bit of juice on the first press release of the athlete field. And then, you know, in April, we'll say, oh, by the way, he's not coming. Well, I mean, that's exactly what it does is because he, he's a headline because of all the accolades from his career. But how often does it come to fruition? I mean, last year in, in, he ran two marathons. And this is him getting healthy. And I give him credit for running these two marathons. I didn't think he'd get to the start line in both of them just based on his history. But he was third in Berlin in 206, high. And then he was sixth in New York in 212. 2012, we know he didn't run London scratch before. 2019, that's where he had his great marathon in Berlin. So you're looking at 20... 21 and now into to 2022 where he hasn't had any sort of performance that would let you know 
that he can contend with that top tier. Forget Kipchoge. I'm talking about that next, the next tier, the tier after that. So Bekele is kind of like the LeBron Lakers years. I mean, look at LeBron in the past four years. They only won a playoff series in a bubble in the other three years. First round he still put up numbers, though. And they qualified. He still put up numbers, numbers but in an NBA context of what matters most, which is playoff performances, LeBron, LeBron the past four years is, if you just take that, you would be like, that is not one of the all-time greats. But it, because it's LeBron, we're always going to get excited about the next potential playoff run. And these past four years have only been hit one out of four. And Bekele, we're always looking for the next great marathon run, but mm -hmm. his hit rate isn't going to be there anymore because it's not Bekele from, you know, 10 years ago. And it's not LeBron from 10 years ago. So basically what I'm trying to say is Bekele is LeBron. James yeah. And Kipchoge. Is well, if it was anybody else, we would stop talking about them at this point. Exactly. If, if there was somebody who was 206 and 212 last year and then has a scratch rate of or DNF rate of 50%, we wouldn't, we wouldn't talk about him anymore. I get why people want to talk about him. He's a superstar within the sport. He is a superstar. So it makes sense to, to talk about him. But Boston, though, reloaded. They, have, they added more people as well, too. So it's still going to be, I think, the best, the deepest Boston marathon ever. We talked before when they announced the field about why that is. But it's, gonna be, it's still going to be a great Boston marathon um, coming up in a couple weeks. In the chat, we got a question here. From David, does Mo have a better chance of breaking 4760 or 15328? Caster holds a 600 record, 12177, which may be the only record Mo can break. Yeah, Mo can break the six, as we talked about. What does she have a better chance in? The eight. 1532, I think, has much better chance of going down than 476. I think she could split 476 in a four by four. Unfortunately, that does not count for a world record, though, Gordon. So there's these two types of events. There's relays and there's open events. Hey, there are a lot well, of people like out positivity. there. There are a lot of people out there roaming this planet who go around and go to bed at night every day and wake up every morning referencing a, a split as their PB. I'm just telling you, it's a yeah. thing. People love God bless them. So if the, if the real world is no. doing it, I'm willing to... Are, Okay, if she were to if she were to split forty seven point one on a four by four. Okay. Yeah. Would you say she's the fastest four hundred meter runner of all time? No. But her open is like forty seven eight or whatever. No, she's gotta do it in an open. Forty Felix said forty seven seven. So I I understand your point that she could run sub forty seven sixty. In a relay, <clears throat> I think that's doable, but that's not what the question yeah. was. I think. Do you think? Do you, do you think the one fifty three two is possible in the eight? Because I'm starting oh, yeah. to think it is, just based on how comfortable the one fifty five low looked. Yeah, still a ways to go, but she's obviously young. She'll get a lot of opportunities, but eight hundred much better chance than the four hundred. Much better chance. I don't. I don't even see him as close at all. All right. Yeah. Bermuda. Bermuda. But, uh, what's that song? Come on. Kokomo. 
That's where we go. Okay. We uh, go. Yeah, let's talk about Bermuda. Way down in Kokomo. All right, let's start with 100. Men's 100. Start Men's at the top 100. here. Baker, Bednarik, Bracey, Knighton, Lyles. You got the entire men's 200 team in there with Lyles, Knighton, and Bednarik from last year's Olympics. You have Baker, who made the 100-meter team. You have Bracey, who had a spectacular indoor season in there as well. Who do you think this race matters the most to out of that group? Ooh, matters the most to? Um, I'm going to say Noah Lyles. I think Noah really wants to get back as being a relevant 100-meter guy. Um, we know he's, he's smooth sailing in the 200, coming off of you know, getting another medal last year, coming on late in the season. Um, and I think with the way that the 100 is on the world level, with the way you know, Marcel Jacobs is doing it, with the return of Coleman, the way Fred Curley's running, I think Noah likes, wants to be like, hey, I, I deserve to be in a conversation with those three guys. In order for him to be in that conversation, he needs to start running legit 100-meter times at that level. And there was a moment when Lyles was challenging Coleman. I'm not sure what year it was. Yes. 18 or 19? What year it was? That was early 19, wasn't it? Early 19, maybe? Yeah. So he has been at that point where Lyles was in that conversation. But, like, you know, look at trials last year. He was just a non-factor. He finished in, like, 6th, mm-hmm. 7th, or 8th or something like that. So. Seven. Seventh. I think Lyles is probably looking at this as an opportunity. There's a lot of different guys out there where wins over them matter, like beating mm-hmm. Racy, beating Baker, beating a Bednarik, beating, I guess not really Knighton because Knighton's young, but beating one of those guys, or yeah. basically winning this race would be a good statement of like, hey, this the 100 meters is not a three-way tie between Curly. Coleman and Jacobs. It's now a four-way tie. And by the way, I'm also the one of the best 200 meter runners. So watch out; I could maybe double. So I think for Noah Lyles, this is the best like statement race he could have. It would validate what he did indoors, which was PB in the 60, string together a bunch of solid races, and put together better starts. What it also would do would put him on a path to a better. 200. Because if you remember last year, we look at it in retrospect. This is how he opened 2021 in the 100. 1008, 1017, 1010, 1005. Those are finals. He didn't break 10 seconds before he got to the Olympic trials. I think in retrospect, that spelled trouble for his 100. Now he gets under 10 seconds at the trials, but it's too late by that point. And he gets seven. At the same time, his 200s, solid, but not spectacular. He didn't really run. He only ran one before trials here in a 1990. So I think this is significant for him. And I agree with you. Out of anybody in the field, I'm looking most at him. Because I think he needs that solid beginning to his season to show, hey, what I did indoors was not just confined to indoors. And 
I'm going to go back to being a one and two threat, not just a threat in the two. I think it kind of, it moves in tandem. I think the thing is, he's just so good at the two that even when he's off, he was still able to win trials and he was still able to get an Olympic medal. But I think 2021 was just a rough year for him and he spoke about that publicly. So I think this race, this early part of the season, you, know, you could just look at April into the first half of May, I think is important for him to carry that momentum from indoors to out. So he's the one I had circled. Um, also, I would say Bracey, just because of how he ended the 60. I think it's important. But then you look at someone like Baker, whose indoor season wasn't good. He wants to be able to bounce back. Knighton and Bednarik, we didn't see during the indoor season, so you want to see more from them. But you also think, all right, well, we didn't see them indoors, so more margin for error. Like it's going to take them a little bit uh, more time to get going. Who would be the one person winning this race that would be like, who would who winning this race, a name that's good, but them winning it would make you think that's not like, it'll give you, it's like a Elias Garcia moment. It's like, wait, no, there's something wrong. Something wrong with this result. The way we're thinking there's something wrong with that 988. Well, like you have head to head competition. So there's no, you have head to head competition, but like, what would be the most shocking result? Winner, because I feel like Baker winning, Benaric, Bracy, Lyles, all winning. I mean, it wouldn't be shocking because you're like, all right, yeah, you're all like nine eight guys, you made Olympic finals type guys. You, any of you guys winning? But who would be a person yeah. that has a chance to win? But if they did win, you would be kind of shocked. I I, I'll give you two names. I'll give you two names. One, Johan Blake. I mean, it's weird to say you'd be shocked at a 9.69 guy won, but these are his last couple years, PBs, 9.95 in 21, 10.15 in 2020, uh, ran 10 low, uh, sorry, 9.96 in 19, 9.94 in 18, 9.90 in 17. He hasn't been sub 9.90 in the 100 win legal, Gordon, since the 9.69, but his name is Johan Blake, so he's still going to get mentioned even though he's 32 years old. That's one. Two would be Knighton. Two would be Knighton because all those other guys, you could see them, you know, Baker getting a win, Benaric getting a win, Lyle's getting a win. Um, they're so experienced. I think a Knighton win would be surprising enough, even though he showed so much ability last year, just because he's still so young in his career. And then your mind would immediately go to, wait a minute, now he's, now he's a solid, like he's a hundred threat too. <laughs> like this kid's going to be a problem for everybody. So those would be the two. Yeah, I agree with you on those two. Um, but I'm going to go even crazier. I mean, I also could pick the person with the slowest PB. Is that, I mean, is that, is that the game here? Like, no, no, that's not who, the game. Who, I'm not go, Trey well, Houston of Bermuda, 1022 PB. No. Yeah. I yeah, think that'd be an upset. We would... a person that would be kind of rant like someone like a Mike Rogers winning. You know, he's yeah, kind of, of like a yeah, he's, yeah. he's at like a journeyman status. He keeps on finding a way to still be in it. You know, I remember interviewing him like five or six years ago saying, like, I'm retiring from indoor track. And like he was running indoor track for five more years after that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Do it. But I think someone what like him love. running would be pretty shocking. Yeah. Are the women's he, did run, he ran a six fifty five sixty, so it's not like he he's he's not washed yet, so yeah, I just think when you have a 
lineup that's not just solely focused on one or two athletes, the chances of obviously that upset occurring are so low because it's like Baker, Benaric, Lyles, Bracey, all of them would have to have off races for some of those two guys to, to get in the mix. I guess I think Lyles needs to race more. I'm needs to race most or it's most important for him. But I think like the person I'm most curious in seeing is Aaron Knighton. Like what's his let me look at Knighton's uh, PB here. We know him from the 200, but his 100 obviously is solid as well. I just haven't seen. 10.16 is his 100 PB, and he's run 19.84 for the two. So, yeah, if, if Knighton wins and runs 9.99, that'd be surprising. I mean, I guess not altogether surprising, but that would be a warning sign to everybody else. All right, women's 100, ready? Well, before we get to the women's 100, I want to tell you about a dream oh. I had last night. So when you go to okay. bed late and you're dealing with painkillers yeah. on your shoulder, mm -hmm. your brain kind of goes wild. But I had a dream involving the men's 100. And my dream was that we were in Eugene at the World Championships. Uh -huh. And as a bit, because I'm stupid, so sports gambling is legal in Oregon, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I decided to bet $10,000 on a 10 to one to metal in the hundred and it hit and I, and I won a hundred thousand dollars. And then I gave away $10,000 of the hundred thousand to all the viewers on the podcast. That's exactly what I did after. Why did you bet on? I bet on a 10 to one favorite, not favorite 10 to one odds on the hundred meter dash for someone to metal. And yeah. I bet $10,000 on it. So I won a hundred thousand dollars. Who would you bet on, though? Who was the person? I think it's kind of hard to remember, but I think it was like a Bromel or something like that. It's a metal. Right. And then you gave like was... your money to the people on the podcast? So I, I bet $10,000, then I won 100000 because it was 10 to 1, and then I took ten grand of that 100000 and I gave it out to like on Venmos up to people who were listening to that podcast on the, like the, next, on the show that night that we did, like the live show. I was like, hey, guys, I just won $100,000, so I'm giving 10K away to everyone who's listening. And I did it. You and I so, are different tax brackets. Crazy. Um, I mean, it's a dream. It's right. a dream tax bracket, bro. It's a dream. You know that, right? So I never dream. I don't even dream about stuff like that. I don't even dream about it. I get, I get worried, even get nervous, even dreaming about betting $10,000. But maybe, hey, maybe um, if things go well, you know, maybe I'll, I'll try to pull it off and we actually make a dream come a reality, you know, and see what happens. I think you, you should. I wouldn't want to be around you, though, if you lost 10 grand. That would be rough. But would you want to be around me if I won 100 grand? You'd want to be also, around me if I won 100 grand. If you, if you gave me some money, but if not, you'd be insufferable. You get that, percentage. You're part two, of the Flowtrack podcast. Here's the two times you don't want to be around Gordon. When the Sixers win or when – well, three times. When the Sixers win, when the Sixers lose, or when he wins a bet. Those are the three times you don't want to be around Gordon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Anthony in the chat says ninth PB is 999. That's when dated, though. I was talking about when legal. That was what? Plus 2.7, it looks like. Uh, David says, speaking of odd distances, Gordon on a one-speed Schwinn old-school bike racing Mo and spikes at 300 meters. Vegas has Gordon at minus 125. You bet on yourself there. I know. That's what I thought, too. I, I agree with that. I mean, 300, though, by the time I get up to full speed, she's probably going to be like 
150 meters to go. So, we'll yeah. see. Gordon was if, if on he, a if, tiny bike for that NC State workout. There's a little bit of behind the scenes. He, it looks like he was in the circus riding that thing around. Cool. Yeah, so when you're watching the workout Wednesday today, the second half, you might hear some heavy breathing going on on the bike. <laughs> it's because I don't want to – it's not because I couldn't keep up. Well, I couldn't, but the bike, I'm sitting on like a female bike, so the seat is really low. So I'm, it's kind of like riding like a, a circus bike. So my knees yeah, are great. really high up, and it's just really hard to get momentum. So uh, just keep that in mind when – you could be like, man, Gordon, they're just, they're running 72nd laps. You should be able to keep up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got to keep rolling here. Yeah. We got to get to other, other events here. Uh, women's 100. <clears throat> you got Gabby Thomas, who just won the one and the two at the Texas Relays. Tanisha Chera, Cambridge Sturgis, Desi Smith-Barnett, uh, Kiana Parker, Kiana Daniels, and Tamara Clark. Clark ran really well at Texas Relays, too. But let's throw the 200 in there as well. For the women, Desiree Bryant, uh, Jasmine Camacho Quinn, who also is running the the high hurdles. Um, yeah, what stands out to you there? Well, the first thing that stands out is a name that's not there, Shakari Richardson. She was billed as going to be at this meet. She was in the mm -hmm. graphic that they were promoting, and unless things change in the eleventh hour in the final few days, no Shakari yeah. makes you. Think, all right, what's going on? Why it's 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 time in the season where typically people are running, right? I mean, mm -hmm. everyone who didn't run indoors basically running this meet. If people ran indoor, they may be taking a few more weeks off. But no uh Richardson yeah. makes you kind of question, what do you think it is? Do you think it's on purpose, an injury? Uh I just don't want to do it because I don't want to go to Bermuda, do that three hour flight. Uh have you had any thought well, on why we're not seeing Richardson hold yet? Hold on. Didn't you just say you were going to have a moratorium on Richardson takes, like last pod? I did? And that was, in a, that was on a simple question, what she'll place this year at World Championships? And now, and now you want to guess on why she's not running at the Bermuda Games? No. Not, I don't know. No clue. No clue. Hope but don't wild. you think it's kind of – I don't have an idea. I don't know. I just think our sport needs to – be a little more forthcoming with why certain athletes aren't in it. If you're going to promote a, an, an event with an athlete and the athlete's not there, people have yeah. to like be like, oh, they're not there because of X, Y, Z. We have injury reports in every other sport except for track and field. Yeah. I think what you do need to establish, what we could establish, is basically a, a deadline, right? And if people don't open by whatever the day is, say May 1st, then you start asking, all right, what's the, what's the deal with that? athlete and that's legitimate legitimate to wonder because if you're a fan of the sport you wonder hey when's my favorite athlete gonna come but i don't think that's the beginning of april for okay. most pros when's i think if we don't see anything but i but that's what i'm saying let's set a date right now let's you and i okay. agree and if you're watching in the chat you can put a time in or a date in i'll, I'll just i'll go with may 7th I'm going to go with five weeks before USA's. Now this deadline is only for people who did not run indoors. If you ran indoors, you can do whatever you want because you can come back. You're exempt, You're exempt yeah. from the deadline. I'm going to say the deadline is May 2nd. Okay. 
basically you gotta run before May starts. And if you do, you can run the the first weekend of May is basically my deadline. First weekend of May. Okay, so if we don't see if there's big names we don't see, the first show after May second, then we can go through the list. Hey, where's And we can we can officially send them to Cancun as as like they are not gonna make a that'll be actually the thing. How many people will make how many US athletes will make the world team that don't run until after May first. Well, exactly, and that's the thing. It's happened though. That's a, like we've seen people. Yeah, we've seen people almost debut at USA's or run one race before USA's. It's rare because usually it's indicative of something going wrong when you don't see them. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's just let's have that discussion May second, whatever this first show is. Let me look at okay. Put on the calendar. calendar. That'll be post. That'll be post pen, basically. May 2nd yeah. is a Monday. Perfect. So that'll be our first show post-pen. So the second half of that show, we'll go pen the first half. Second half can be, where are these people? Have we seen them yet? Um, Grant Holloway, what do you expect from Grant Holloway? Um, well, before, I, who do I think is going to win the women's 100, though? I, I think I'm most excited. Thomas. I, 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 we Thomas. talked about the 100, Thomas. and I was like, I'm just going to talk about the athlete that's not there. But... I'll say these three athletes I'm most interested in. Here are my three athletes. My Gordon's three athletes I'm interested in. I'm interested in... Kind of this is a combo. I'm I'm, going to do Mount Rushmore. I'm interested in the Mount Rushmore of Gordon interest. Interest number one, Gabby Thomas. She's she's ran a a good 200 at Texas Relays. I want to see what she does in the 100... Similar to kind of my interest in Noah Lyles in the 100, Gabby Thomas is like my female Noah Lyles. We know what she can do at the 200 level. She has yet to really put together a, a, I can win it in the 100 level. So Gabby Thomas, if she wins this race, that's like, uh-oh, watch out. Gabby could potentially become a win to yeah. pull off the double. So that's athlete number one. Athlete number two and three is Cambria Sturgis and Tonisha Terry. I think it's incredible that their PBs are 10 sevens, right? And they're very young. They're a year or two out of college. Uh, Cameron Sturgis went to North Carolina A&T, Terry at USC. And in college, the fact that they were running these top times and being like, ooh, watch out for the young kid. Let's see what you got. They kind of yeah. had like that raw college feel to them to kind of like mix it up with the big, the big people. This is the moment I want to see if like if their college days are fluky or not. I want to see if they can come in, not necessarily run their PB because they're not going to run ten sevens. Yeah. But if they come in and finish in the top four of a race, run a, a solid ten nine or eleven flat or something like that to show that like they had made that good transition into the into the pro world. And then my last person I'm most interested in is Tiana Daniels. Tiana Daniels has the most fascinating running career I've seen while at Flow. You're not sure if you remember her. She won the NCAA mm-hmm. Indoor 60 as a true freshman. No one was talking about her. Yeah. She wins NCAA as a true freshman. Then she kind of just has like a an average. She's make all American type. Not she doesn't mm-hmm. take off at that point. She kind of flatlines her sophomore junior year. And then senior year, she comes back and runs well. And I think, does she win or get second to Shakiri? 
She might have got second to well, Shakira. Shakira won. Shakira yeah, won 1075. Yeah, that's true. That's Shakira. Yeah. She got second to Shakira. Got... But Did then she? Tiana went on and made the, the, the world team. Even though she got second in NCAA, she went on and made the world team to show that, like, hey, I may have lost my NCAA final, but I'm now making world she teams. She fourth. She was fourth behind Kayla White in Tony Terry final. Oh, she was fourth. Okay, she was fourth, but she made the yeah. world team. She made the world team. Yeah. So yeah. I, I look yeah. at her being like, hey, I'm not going to be splashy. I'm not going to have these crazy performances, but I'm going to show up when it matters most, and I'm going to yeah. find a way either to be top three or top six, be on that four by one year in and year out. No one is going to be like, ooh, what do you think Daniels is going to do this weekend? Because everyone's going to be focused on Shikari or focused on the new young yeah. person or focused on a Gabby Thomas. No one ever is going to focus on Tiana Daniels her entire career, but she's going to make a world team, you know, three out of four times every four years, which I think is kind of cool. So I'm excited to see what she does. Yeah, she's, yeah you're right. She's always in the mix. She's always in the yeah. mix. And I think now you always mention her, though. So I do think that people have started to learn that lesson of never to count her out because she's just solid. And listen, that women's 100 that year, it's like Richardson runs 1075. What are you going to do? What do you? And then White and Terry go 95, 98. I mean, it was a really fast year. Uh, I'll throw Clark in there. I want to see Clark after what she did Texas. Really. She was really close to Gabby Thomas, and she's training with her as well, too. When you talk about people trying to bridge the gap from college to, to pro, she's one to watch as well. Uh, listen, dude, I think we ran out of time. You know what? The good news is, good news is. Can you talk more about it on Friday? Yeah, Friday we'll do hurdles. We got Camacho Quinn and Ho uh, Grant Holiday. Holiday. Holloway, excuse me. We got some very, like some sneakily interesting 400s as well. I could explain that on Friday. And then you have Ajay Wilson in the women's eight. And then we'll touch on, we'll just touch on everything else because this is going to be fun meet and it's on saturday so we can still talk about it on friday i want to jump into the chat one more time before we go um someone says kind of hard to apply the deadline talking about the may 2nd deadline to all because hansel parchment didn't run until jamaican trials and then boom he's olympic champion yeah i'm not saying after the deadline if you haven't run i'm kicking you out of medal contention all i'm saying is that's when i'm going to wonder hey what's up What's going on? It's, true. it's not going to be on April 6th, like Gordon I'm wants fact, me to do. I'm fact-checking that, that statement because that seems kind of wild. I didn't know that. I don't see this. It happens more wow. often than yeah. you think. He made, well, no, he did run. He, didn't, he ran his first race on June 11th. So he didn't make a debut at, at Jamaica Champs. He ran, not Jamaica Champs, Jamaica National Champs. Uh, he ran at a Florida meet on June 11th. But he ended up gotcha. running a lot. Like he, he ran one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He ran nine meets. Like that's that's a legit. He just maybe yeah. I mean the fact that he made his season debut two weeks before his national championship is kind of is kind of rare. I mean imagine if someone would make their season debut like June eleventh at like the Portland Track yeah. Festival and then go on to make a world team. It's kind of. But you can you can find people, but this will That's be true. good because it'll it'll allow us to keep track of it for at least this season, and then be like, wow, that person didn't run early in the season, and it didn't matter at all, or man, that person didn't run, and it's because they were hurt or because something was going on, and they weren't able to compete. 
So I like the May 2nd. May 2nd deadline. I think it's a good spot to start discussing it. Um, anything else in the Dude, chat? Let's I'm looking see. at Parsman's, Hansel Parsman's result. He got fourth in a 110 hurdle in the first meet of the year, running 1387. Yeah. He ran 1387, <laughs> getting fourth. And that's yeah. the guy who went on yeah. to win the Olympic Games. Think about the odds you could have got there. You got you could have gotten more than a hundred thousand on that one. Fake a hundred thousand. <laughs> That's crazy. Fourth in a random rinky dink Florida meet, running thirteen eighty seven, which is not a good time. And then he runs thirteen oh four in the final at the Olympic Games and beats Grant Holloway. That's just crazy. Well, he was good. No, obviously he's good, but but he like those times weren't indi indicative of how good he was. But at the same time, it was still a big upset because how good Grant was running. It's kind of weird. It's like it would have been an upset even if he, Parchment was running solid, but he wasn't having a particularly bang-up season, and then he went and did that. So it, it made it seem like an even bigger upset. You're like, man, Parchment, that was, that was out of nowhere. Okay. Flowtrackpodcast.gmail.com is the email address. Subscribe. Flowtrack Podcast YouTube channel. We got all the content up there, like Gordon mentioned, Workout Wednesday with NC State Women. We got This Week in Track, my weekly five, six-minute breakdown of everything that happened in the world of track and field. Also, I did a race breakdown. We're going to throw back for uh, pen relays. Noah Lyle's 45-second 4x4 split. Do you remember that one, Gordon? That was pretty I cool. I do. That's, I do. Yeah. Splitting 45 in high school is fun because chances are you're running against somebody who's not running 45. <laughs> And the lead that you had is going to be gone. So that was a fun one. Uh, we got your NCAA ranking show coming up. And then I'll do uh, an update to my pro rankings at a few more events uh, coming up later on this week. But we'll do the rest of the Bermuda Games preview on Friday. And we'll have the pickup challenge as well. Thanks to Travis. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to you, Gordon. See you guys on Friday.